from the Ram Studio connected by AT&T. Welcome to Between the Horns. This is the official podcast of the Rams.com. I am Miles Simmons. Today I am here with Defar. Defar, how are you doing? With me. Always. Not today. You're always with me. Usually I am with you. But yes. And Thank the Rams you. are now four and five. Yeah. They are coming off a nine to six victory over the Jets. We're going to talk plenty about that. But of course, I think we've got to start with the big news this week. And that is Jared Goff will be behind center for the LA Rams when they take on the Miami Dolphins this week at the Coliseum. Your reaction, Defar? You know, no shock. Um, look, you, the ultimatum or the gauntlet was dropped uh, on the offense the week before when, when you lost to Carolina. Um, if the offense goes stagnant again, uh, you you heard the crowd. You saw the crowd. They yeah. voiced their displeasure. And uh, Jeff Fisher had to do something um, to spark his football team, spark his offense. So when you go to New York and you win a 9-6 ball game and you don't score um, – it was inevitable. The writing was on the wall. So, yeah, no shock. Um, it's more curiosity. I can't wait to see what Jared Goff does with a full week of practice, what he does um, as the starter when the game plan is tailored around his his skill set and what the offense looks like with him in it. So uh, more of excitement, but no shock at all. Yeah, no shock to me either. I mean, and I think this is something that was just coming, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've always heard since the beginning of the season that Jared Goff is going to play when he's ready. And, you know, we've talked about on this podcast and in other places what constitutes readiness. And so I I don't necessarily know that it's Jared Goff or I I should put it like this. I don't necessarily know that it is Case Keenum not doing enough or if it is just Jared Goff progressing to the point where they feel comfortable that he can go in there, he can execute the offense at a high enough level so that they can be successful. It's probably a combination of the two because you don't get to where the Rams are and they're scoring only 15.4 points per game. That's really, really, really not good. And you're four and five. Yes. Yeah. So you're fortunate to be four and five because you're two and one in games where you have not scored a touchdown. Which is amazing. That is very amazing. I mean, not only games where you haven't scored a touchdown, it's games where you have scored under 10 points. In today's NFL, that's really ridiculous and kind of unheard of. If I were Greg Williams, I'd write that, put that in a note, and slide it under Jeff Fisher's door every day. Just to remind <laughs> you of where you are and how important I am. No, uh, but seriously, um, no, I look, quarterbacks get uh, you know all the credit and all the blame mm-hmm. You know when things go right and when things go bad. So look, you're not going to change tailbacks. You're not going to change left tackles. You're not going to change centers or receivers. You're going right. to change the quarterback to spark your offense. And Jared Goff was the first pick in the draft. So yep. it was inevitable. The, th- the thing I was waiting on um, when I knew the when, when I would know the move was going to happen, I was waiting to, to hear what Jared Goff had to say about his readiness because Jeff Fisher's out in front saying he's not ready. Uh, sure. The media is out behind him saying, well, why isn't he ready? And there's no answers to that. Yeah. Well, at some point, the player's going to have to answer. So when I started to hear that Jared Goff says he's ready and he's waiting, chomping at the bit to play, well, as a coach, that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. I'm waiting for a guy that I have to hold back, Sure, uh, a okay. guy that's dying to get on the field, a guy that looks like Farrell Cooper. You can tell this kid wants to play right now. Yes. He yeah. wants to contribute yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. So when you see that out of a quarterback in some respects, you can't be as over the top as a skill position as a receiver. But when you start to push back against the narrative that you're not ready, that's when I know you're getting close. So we started to hear more from Jared Goff. He started to look more comfortable in his uniform as the backup. So uh, it was inevitable. And I think this is a good week when you do it at home. Now, it sounds funny when you've got Sue and Cameron Wake coming yes. at you. but. <laughs> You're at home, you're coming off a victory, your team is sky high, and you've got a great defense and great special teams. So uh, I would bet what you saw out of the Jets with with Petty at quarterback, right. the ball coming out quick, screens and draws, you're going to see a similar game plan 
out of the Rams. They're not going to let him hold it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the things that they are going to want to do, not just in this game, but going forward. I mean, we talked about how this offense was supposed to be set up basically from jump of this year, right? You know, you have Todd Gurley. He's supposed to be your feature back. You're going to run the ball really well. You're going to play good defense. That's the Jeff Fisher philosophy 101, right? Mm. And I think when you have a young quarterback, because you have a guy like Todd Gurley, you can try to protect him a little bit more by the running game. And that's obviously what they're going to try to do. And I think you make a really good point of how that's that's how they, the Jets have tried to attack it with Bryce Petty. But I, I think the difference has to be when you're in situations like a third and seven or a third and eight or heaven forbid, third and 10 or longer, you gotta let Jared Goff try to get those first downs in terms of having routes that are going past the sticks, right? Because I think last week we saw Bryce Petty, and we have to give the Rams defense credit for this as well. They took some things away down the field, obviously. But they made Bryce Petty in a captain checkdown. And I think that's exactly the opposite of you want of what you would want with a Jared Goff, who's somebody who has the arm strength to get the ball down the field. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, they're going to do what they can to help him, to protect him, right. so to speak. But at some point, I mean, this is the pros. You're going to have to <laughs> drop back there and let one go. And I mean, Case Keenum had chances to, to push the ball down the field. He, and he was successful in some, and uh, they just couldn't connect in others. But uh, when you get in those third and mediums, third and long, when you're trying to throw across the field where it was an adventure with a Case Keenum because of his height, right. um, this is going to be different with a taller quarterback. Maybe you can find a Tavon Austin. Maybe you can hook up with a Brian Quick going down the field. Um, now, the problem is going to be there's going to be a lack of mobility mm-hmm. that, that Case started to show uh, in New York. Um, but like I said, this is going to be a quick release game plan. But expect Jared Goff at some point to let that cannon go. And he's got a rifle. He, he can does. get it down the field. Yeah, he does. I think one of the things that will help him in the respect of him throwing the ball down the field is his pocket presence. And, I mean, we kind of saw some things with Case Keenum where he was getting a little bit skittish in the pocket. Maybe he might have run himself into a couple of sacks. And that's a criticism that Keenum even levied against himself. And so one of the things that I noticed way back, you know, in uh, the draft process was that in college, Jared Goff seemed to have a really good sense of being able to stand in the pocket, let the traffic go past him, let his tackles work guys up the field and away from him. And then he can still throw a good, accurate ball finding the passing lane in the pocket and then just sitting there and working downfield. That that's something that he's really going to have to do in the NFL. Oh yeah, you saw the blitzes. They they were dialed up against Case Keenum. Well, that's not going to stop. Uh, it may it, increase. It's, it's only going to increase. Um there is nothing more inviting or enticing than the two words rookie quarterback put together, especially when <laughs> yes. you're a hot defense right yes. now. So uh, you can use that aggression against them. Like I said, screens and draws right. are going to be huge yeah. to back them off. And then at some point, he may just put it in your face and throw it down the field you know, during the blitz, mm-hmm. in the middle of the blitz, and beat you that way. So we don't know what he's got. Um, I'm interested. I can't wait to see. Um, the real game begins after he gets cracked a few times, and you know it's going to happen. Yep. Uh, no quarterback outside of Brady can walk through a game and not get hit. <laughs> Have you seen Brady's like post game press conference? Oh, he always looks completely like he just left quaffed. the freaking gym. Yeah. Like, did you get hit at all? No, <laughs> the ball came out. But uh, when you do get trapped, and this is something that you know Jared Goff kind of struggled with in preseason, when you do get, do get trapped, and this is a professional defense, a very good one and you don't know where to go with the football, can you find a dead spot? 
Can you find a place mm-hmm. to dead the football and not take the shot? Right. Or are you going to try to release it too early and throw the pick or what have you? So uh, these are all the things we don't know about rookie quarterbacks. So here's one thing I want to ask, too. What do you think that a player, specifically a quarterback, can learn just by sitting and watching as long as Jared Goff has? I mean, we're, we're nine games into the uh, season now. You know, it's fun. Um, I, I can relate it to me as a backup when yeah. I was coming up. Um, the one thing I, that you have to do when you're playing is you have to watch the guys that you're playing against. You have to sure. watch the offense. Well, when you're not, when you're on the bench, you can watch everything else. You can watch how the safeties rotate. You can mm-hmm. watch where the linebackers uh, set up. You can watch how the D-line uh, kind of looks different when they're going to stunt. It's just a lot of things you can't really watch when you're playing the game. But yeah. when you're a backup, you get to see the entire field. So uh, I bet it's helped, man. I mean, it, it does help your confidence when you're out there and you go, yeah, I can make that throw. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not that fast. That's not that scary. Huh. Or I would have stepped here. Yeah. I would have done this. It okay. does help your confidence when you're sitting and waiting. And then at some point you're going to say, I need to be out there. And then you get out there and play. So um, I think hurdle one has been cleared. Hurdle two is you're getting your first start. Let's see how you do. Yeah. So hurdle one being what? Hurdle, hurdle the... one is being the backup uh-huh. and and being a, a, a one play away from going into the football game yeah. and n- not showing the, the rest of the crowd and the team that this makes you nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when you start to start to get that little feeling of, I want to be in there and I think yeah. I can help you guys. I mean, it's they start to bring that confidence behind you and it makes you a better player. That's interesting. I mean, it's just something that you don't necessarily think about, you know, how the rest of everybody else would necessarily feel about the new quarterback coming in in terms of that confidence, right? And you say that, and people think about, oh, well, you know, how are they going to adjust? How are they going to do X, Y, Z? But if you think about it in terms of, hey, we see what you're doing on the practice field, and now we that's why we have the confidence in you to then go in. I think that's a really different way of thinking about oh, it that people it's don't all think confidence. about. Uh, it's, it's, look, I, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to do this to help you. And on defense, we got you. Right. You know, if it's not there... Punt's fine. Sure, yeah. Because we can hold them. We'll get you the ball back. Yeah. Just don't make the mistake. It's all confidence. So I, I think this was handled in the appropriate way, and mm-hmm. I think this is the best time to start him. So uh, let's hope you get the result that you're looking for this Sunday. Now you brought up the defense, you know, and how you say, I got you. Like, how, when a quarterback change happens, and you guys went through this in 99 with Warner, obviously, Yeah. is that a kind of way that maybe the pressure gets ratcheted up or maybe you put a little bit of pressure on yourselves and say, hey, we know that we have to step our own game up just so that we can be sure to protect the offense as much as we possibly can. Well, yeah, I mean, that that whole Dick Vermeil, we're going to rally around Kurt Warner, play good football. Yeah. And run the fo- I mean, that's, that's real. I mean, that's how right, all yeah. coaches think when they're, you know, transitioning from a starter to a backup. So, look, if, if you're William Hayes, if you're, you know, and Aaron Donald, if you're, Alec Ogletree, and you know you have a rookie going in at quarterback. Well, you've faced young guys, and you know what they're going through. You know what you can do to them. So, hey, look, just play within yourself. You know, uh, don't try to do too much. Mm-hmm. We got you. We'll yeah. protect you. Well, we'll make sure it's it's either, you know, nothing, nothing or three, nothing. We're going to keep the score low for you. So until you figure this thing out. So it, it's a team effort. It's not all Jared Goff against the Miami Dolphins. Right. It's everybody out there. So. Uh, I think you know what time it is as an O-line, as a D-line, as running backs and receivers. Um, You can't make mistakes. You have to help this kid out because... Like you said, he's taking his first snaps as a pro. Yeah, and I, you know, you brought up how well the, the I mean, the defense 
you know, keeping it zero zero three zero. Well, if you want a good time to have a defense that's playing like this, it, it would be right now, you know, with the way that the Rams are playing. I mean, let's get back into the game, um, the nine to six victory over the Jets. I mean, this is the third straight week now that the Rams have allowed only one touchdown on defense. That's really a significant accomplishment, at least for, to me in today's NFL. Yeah, it makes you really realize what this team could be. If mm -hmm. you had if you had the offense clicking at least just a little bit more than what they're giving you, if they could score like 20 points a game, where yeah. would you be? Where would your record be there? So uh, you can't let down. Um, the pressure was always going to be there with Quinn healthy and Aaron Donald, one of the best ever. Um, the coverage, I think, has been a little bit better than we thought. Yeah, uh, it, I would agree with that. It's, it's been a little bit better than we thought, especially when Tremaine Johnson went out for a while mm -hmm. now that he's back. So. Uh, I think there's been some surprises there and uh, some things that we expected on this defense. The one thing that they have to do better, and uh, I like it that Jeff Fisher challenged his team after uh, the loss to Carolina. He's, hey, look, you got to help us out on defense. Mm -hmm. I know you guys are playing lights out. You're doing great against the run. You're doing X, Y, and Z, but let's, let's see if you can take the ball away. Let's see if you can set the offense up in scoring territory. So uh, there's always more you can do. Right, uh, because it's it's all about the Rams and not just about different units in the Rams. It's all about one group trying to win. So, if if the defense was failing, then you would turn to the offense and say, "Hey, we need more out of you." Mm -hmm. Or if the special teams, if Johnny Hecker wasn't Johnny Hecker, then <laughs> everyone's going to have to pick it up. So, look, there's always more you can do. So it was good to get the turnover to end the game, yeah. but you're going to need more, right. especially this week. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about this. That the fact that they've still only had two takeaways now in the last, I think, four or five games, right? The, this is after they got that big five takeaway game against the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, we can say whatever we want about the Arizona Cardinals. They're going through their own things. But at the same time, this is a defense. And when Greg Williams has had his best defensive units, they have been ones that take the ball away. You think about that defense mm -hmm. that they had in New Orleans in 2009. That was a defense that took the ball away consistently and helped their offense that way. And the Rams have got to be able to get back to that a little bit more. And it's, it's sort of hard for me, you know, as an observer to be critical of a team that, you know, has allowed, I think, 10 points on defense, right? And against mm -hmm. New York and then 13 points against Carolina. And now it's down to six. But again, you have to be able to continue to motivate yourself to do a little bit more because you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Right. And this is the way that they really can get better. So you're getting worse then. What? So you're getting worse. Am I? Yeah, you're getting worse. How? I'm just saying. If you're not getting better, you're not getting worse. Not getting better, so you're saying I'm saying the same. Just throwing it out there. No, no, but That's look, uh, I thought Jeff Fisher made a great <laughs> point, and it's 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 a football game, and it's uh, you need a dance partner if you're going to help with takeaways and turnovers. Ooh, and if you can yeah. get into a situation in a fourth quarter to where they have to throw yeah. to get back in the game, yeah. turnovers will start to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, either strip sacks or picks. Uh, but when you're in a situation in a fourth quarter where an offense can be balanced, where they can protect the football and be conservative, mm -hmm. a little bit harder to it get is. the ball out. Yeah. So. Ogletree going in and ripping it out was amazing. Yeah. It, tremendous. Yeah. But at some point, if you score 21 points, 28 points in a game, and you're up by two scores, they're going to have to put it in the air. Right. Which puts them in harm's way from a pass rush or 
a, a interception standpoint. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we have not necessarily seen that is probably affecting the Rams' sack numbers. I mean, the Rams only have 16 sacks right now. They're in sort of the bottom echelon of teams with sacks. There are a lot of teams with 16 sacks, and it's right now they're ranked 25th, right? So this is probably part of the issue is that the Rams have not been in a lot of pass rushing situations where they're up by a couple of scores. You know that guys have got to throw the ball and that's why the sacks haven't necessarily been there. I mean, you've also had injuries, right? I mean, Robert Quinn has missed some time, um, and then guys like, well, Hayes, Eugene mm-hmm. Sims, Brockers, all those guys have kind of missed a little bit of time in there, and so when you only have Aaron Donald, who is your most dominant pass rusher on the interior, they can give him a little bit more attention, not just with double teams, but also triple teams. So I think that's part of it, but... If the if you know we go back to the golf quarterback change, if that gets you more points, then and the Rams defense continues to play as well as they've been playing, well, the sacks are going to start coming mm-hmm. because you have more points on the board in general. Oh, no doubt. Uh, you're not getting the sacks in record numbers, right? I mean, you're right. not at the top of the board as far as sacks, but when you look at tape. Um, you don't see a lot of vertical routes either. No, you don't. Yeah, the ball is coming out and it's going lateral. Oh yeah, because they're trying to get the ball out because the Rams are getting there. Aaron Donald is getting to you. Robert yes. Quinn is going to get to you. Yes. William Hayes is going to get to you at some point, and, and you can't slide the line mm-hmm. because of that interior pass rush presence of Aaron Donald. That's why what that's what makes this defense so special. So quarterbacks are getting hit. They um, are getting hit. So yeah. as a, as an offensive coordinator, you've got a choice. If you've got a big vertical game, think Arizona. Mm-hmm. We got a big vertical game. Well, you it may cost you a quarterback to get it, yeah. the ball down the field. You yeah. may complete some, but that quarterback's gonna be picking himself up more often than not. Well, so. that was the approach yeah. that Carolina took to Arizona, and why they had eight sacks in that game. I mean, that, that it's just the way things sort of work with Arizona and Arizona's offensive design. You have a choice. You have yeah. a choice to make, and even if you call it. Uh, that that quarterback knows what's happening. I mean, he can look down there and know. Well, I I got a mismatch here. Yeah, I, I can't slide there. Yeah, I got a problem here. Yeah. And I, the the route says nine nine nine. Well, I'm going to check it down quick <laughs> to get this ball out because I'm getting smashed here. So, look, it all goes hand in hand. So, uh, I would say if you had a little more offensive punch, you'd see more sacks. Mm-hmm. I, I I believe that. I, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's why they call it the ultimate team game, right? Big time. Because there are things that on offense that you can do uh, to help affect the defense. Um, but you know, you brought up just how the Rams' pass rush was getting there, even though they weren't getting there. You know, when Bryce Petty, you look at his numbers and they were what they were, but he was getting pressured. And the coverage was good, so that's what kind of turned him into captain checkdown, mm-hmm. right? There were, I think, multiple instances where you could see, like, guys really tugging on the jerseys of a Robert Quinn, of an Aaron Donald, and I'm sitting in the press box thinking, really, like, these guys cannot get a holding call at all? I, I, that kind of baffled me. But they because they were getting the pressure on Bryce Petty, even if they weren't bringing him down, they were causing errant throws. And that is something that is very important as a, a group up front. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a no-read offense for a quarterback. It's a predetermined snap. I'm yeah. going yeah, here yeah, yeah, with yeah. the ball. I'm going to throw it here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And some things, you know, based on if you're a good offensive coordinator, I mean, you can game plan the Rams. You can study film. And you pretty much know where they're going to call on first and second and third down. I mean, that's just film study. So yeah. when the Rams are giving you a 10-yard out, Mm-hmm. On it versus on this down and distance, well, just drop back and throw it. Yeah, you know, we'll give you that down the field. Eventually, you're going to run out of room, and that's not going to be there. And you're going to have to actually decide where to go with the football. And right. that's where you put yourself in harm's way, and you get popped. So, hey, look, um, like we said, you know what the situation is this week. 
And it's not all about Jared Goff. Miami can run the ball. Yes. Yeah, I was going to bring that Miami up. Miami can pound the football and, and keep your offense on the sideline for an extended period of time. So uh, it's not always worrying about what Goff's going to do to Miami's defense. What's Miami's offense going to do to this defense? Absolutely. Because if I'm Tannehill, <laughs> if I'm Tannehill, I know how my bread is going to be buttered. It's not dropping back to seven, reading the field and throwing it down. It's yeah. handing it off to this running back and letting him do the dirty work. It's going to be punishing this weekend. Well, here's the thing about the Rams' defense right now. the run, the run, Them against the run has probably not been where they want to be. And I think we saw last week Matt Forte ripped off a couple of really long runs that got them in position to put points on the board. Mm-hmm. One did, obviously the other one didn't. So what are some of the things that you think the Rams have to do better in terms of stopping this the This is funny. Uh, look, if, if the Rams' defense in the front seven, when they make their minds up to stop the run, You've seen it. It's, yeah. it's, it's zero. It's, it's, it's minus one. It's a tackle for loss. Whenever I see guys like Matt Forte or anybody have success against the Rams running the football, it's usually somebody up front freelanced. Hmm. It's usually somebody up front violated the, the, the integrity of the defense yeah. trying to do too much. Okay. And now you, you're missing a gap. And then you see Matt Forte run through a, a gaping wide hole. Well, that's not because they were blocked. Mm-hmm. It's because somebody ran themselves out of a hole. And then mm. two plays later, it's all sewed up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just every now and then you get guys that want to do too much, make the big play, and then this is the pros. They'll hit you for it, yes. but then they sew yourself up. So, um, yeah, I, I think the run defense is just fine. Um, I think the the eagerness to make the play, to be the guy, it's something that every defense deals with. It's, it's something that holds the Rams back in certain situations. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, what other situations do you think you've seen it? Um, well, they, production equal tolerance. Yeah. You ever heard of that before? I don't Which think means so. if you're a productive player, you get away with a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sometimes somebody in the middle might try to do something that shouldn't, and then yeah. boom, you get hit, but then he makes it up for it. The, the, the next and like three or the four next play. Yeah. yeah it somebody happened. with two nines in his number. Could be. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But no, sometimes, no, sometimes when you have, you know, your your rotational guys in and it's it's more even up front, their line versus your rotational defensive yeah. lineman. Um, sometimes guys do get blocked or can't get off blocks and they'll hit you there. But when it's front line versus front line and they're all dialed in, I, I don't think you can move the ball. I don't think you really can either. And that's one of the things that I did. I noticed on film. It's just when you have Will Hayes, Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, and Robert Quinn and uh-huh. all at the same time, it is just really, really hard for offensive lines to do much of anything because they can all get after you yeah. at, at the same time. Well, and you don't yeah. have to do too much blitzing. Well, they're all good. They're yeah. all talented. <laughs> They're very smart and they're well coached, and they've been in the same scheme for this is their fifth year. Mm-hmm. And they're war- and they've been working together for three. Right. So when the so, call comes yeah. off the bench, it's not trying to figure out what am I supposed to do or how. It's oh, I know what I have to do, and then they apply it to what they see in front of them, and then they make plays. I think they're very smart. Yeah, I think that's just the benefit of chemistry and timing and you know familiarity and all these yeah. things. It's it's really kind of a unique situation. You don't have that too much in the NFL. Well, I'll give you a for instance, and this is not to pick on a guy. It's the the coach that was here before, Jeff Fisher, and he's supposed to be a defensive guru. There's just so much going on in that defense to where you have paralysis by analysis. Hmm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do in this scheme that I don't move. I just don't move yeah. up front, and the offense is a beat ahead. And it looks like they're blocking me. I just didn't move. You know, it's really funny. Like, that's that's how I played defense when I was in high school. You just stood there? I just, it, I just never knew what I was doing. 
Like, I always understood things from an offensive You know, this is on. I don't care. The mic is on. Yeah, okay, it's fine. Right, go I'm, ahead. I, am I a player now? Well, once a player, no. always a player? Mm. Come on, now. Uh, you are. Okay. You played in the league. I, I, so I'm a lot about you. You didn't move? I, it's not that I didn't move. I was just, I always felt scared, like I was wrong. I don't know that I was scared. It, it was just one of those things where if I look at the offense from a defensive perspective, I don't know what they're going to run or pass. Like, and it just always blew my mind. Here, I'll like, help you. I have no idea. I'll help you. It's <laughs> always a pass unless they run it. Oh, wow. There you go. That sounds like 50% of the time. That's it D-line play. Of the yeah, time. if well, you're going to be if wrong. it's D-line play, it's yeah. a... So or I, linebacker play. It's always a pass unless they run it. Yeah, but then if you... It just... It blew my mind. And for me, offense was always... I'm dictating. So I know what I'm doing, and I know what is supposed to be done on each play. Like, if it's 26 power, I'm pulling over to the right, and I got to go get the linebacker. So you did a playbook in crayon, is what you're telling me. In crayon? You can't think. You can't think and oh react. Oh, You need it in crayon. <laughs> You need to be told what to do at, at every at every moment. Well, I need to be told. It's just it was so much easier for me to feel like I was dictating than reacting. And I think I at least when I was growing up, I felt always felt like I understood defense better because right. I could say, okay, well, if you're in cover three, you know, you have hook to curl, you know, you've got the deep middle third, you do whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then when I was out there, I was just like, man, See? this is there's male, female offense, defense. <laughs> I know what side of the fence you're on. See, I know offense. All the athletes are on one side of the ball. You figure it out. Well, yeah, because you have to be able to go there and react and You think and it's easier stuff. to... You, what's tougher, receiver or corner? Corner. N- knowing where you're going or not knowing where this I, guy's going? I'm not saying... <laughs> basically, if you... I mean, like, all, all the things that I was just saying, basically... Would you rather be a safety or a quarterback? Because uh, remember, defense can't punt. No. Um, safety or quarterback? Yeah. I would probably rather be the quarterback. Yeah, you I can mean, protect like yourself you, at quarterback. You can protect right? yourself, right. You got, but you have a lot of responsibility. It's probably really hard. That's why I like doing the show with you. It's fun <laughs> yes. because you would, of course, rather be the safety. Of course. Yeah, because you can. Go I'm on the right side people. of the ball. Yeah, good side <laughs> of the ball. Yeah. Speaking of that, that you know what's amazing is the Rams and their defense and how they're constructed. You know, basically, you have three strong safeties. Yes. And you can, and you haven't been beat over the top. Barely at Barely all. Barely at all. Yeah. Amazing, mm-hmm. right? I mean that that's that tells you how good that pass rush is. Yeah. Because usually when you, when any quarterback in the league sees two guys that basically should be strong safeties, the first thing he's going to do is check vertical to see if you can run. Right. Well, you don't have the time to do that. No. That's that's how good this defense that's is. That's interesting. That brings me back to something you said, I mean, a few weeks ago where it was you you were like I always assumed that people couldn't cover you know, yes. and, and it's. And I don't think that's. Uh, let me be clear. I don't think it's necessarily what the Rams are doing because they have shown that they can cover. Right. But when you have a pass rush like the Rams have, it puts you in better position to make guys make quicker decisions. And yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. It it, it makes defense easier when you, when you can get to the quarterback when yeah. you can get instant pressure. I mean, look, don't don't rely on the life preserver. Make sure you can swim. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't rely on coverage. Make sure you can get to the quarterback. So huh. that's that's how I would construct my defense. Yeah. And I think we saw sort of one of the things that I don't know, th- the only long pass that they had was that 52 yarder that um and that Petty was barely caught. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a was barely caught. B, they went right back and they threw that actually very, very quickly. Because the first thing I thought about when I saw that play was, oh, well, the pass rush didn't get there. Right. And if you look at it, I mean, he was already in shotgun. Anderson is just a fast guy. So mm-hmm. he basically just, you know, had the nine routes just go. And then EJ Gaines, I mean, that's a play 
that he almost always makes. And right. it was just one of those instances where he didn't. And I think Fisher said um, later, either on Monday or Sunday, he said, in retrospect, we probably should have been in a different coverage. Right. And that probably would have helped it out. That's funny. So that was interesting. You guessed right mm-hmm. on that play. Yeah. Because um, if the Rams were in a different coverage, it's picked. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if there's a safety rolled over the top that's coming over, he takes that thing and takes it to the house. Yeah. So you got lucky. I mean, the Rams did it with Case Keenum a lot. Uh-huh. Um, they they anticipate a certain coverage and they quick snap and throw the ball out. And they've had success with it. Um, a lot of teams will try to do that, especially against teams that can knock the head off your quarterback. Yeah. So getting the ball out fast is important. It is. It yeah. is. And I again, I think we're going to probably see more of that as the uh, Rams take on the Dolphins this week. It just yeah. seems to be their offensive philosophy. You know, uh, the one guy that we haven't talked about, I think is the most important person, is Tim Barnes, your center. Mm-hmm. Um, because of how much pressure Miami can put on your quarterback, um, you need a smart center to help out your you quarterback. Do. Because, remember, this is going to be a young guy in there taking his first snaps in the regular season. So I don't think he's going to know everything. Right. And they're going to throw some wrinkles at him that maybe he wouldn't know. So it would help to have a veteran guy at center Absolutely. helping him out. Hey, look, I want to slide protection this way. No, no, let's slide it this way. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure. Or just little things, little little meetings you can have on the sideline about things that are happening. I, I just, I hope Tim Barnes is healthy this week. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about a little bit of injuries. Um, you know, the Tim Barnes, obviously he left the game after um, it was a third down. I think it was right before that majestic punt that Johnny Hecker had. Did and, you say majestic? I did say majestic. Okay, go ahead. You clearly did not read you what I really wrote. on offense. Okay, go ahead. You didn't read what I wrote. Did you? Defensive players don't use majestic. We'll go, we'll go back to this yeah. after we're done with this injury update. Um, but <laughs> Tim Barnes, uh, I don't, he did not practice on yeah. Tuesday. We are, Right now it is uh, twelve forty nine Pacific and on Wednesday, and so the Rams have not practiced on Wednesday. So obviously, you know, follow us on Twitter and do all that, and look at the website, and you will see the injury update there. But um, another important one: um, Robert Quinn. He was hospitalized with an illness. This is non football illness. Yeah, yeah, very scary. He was back at practice on Tuesday, back at the facility. He did not practice per se, but he was on the sideline in street clothes. It was good to see him. All the tests have checked out pretty well. Uh, Fisher said he's day-to-day, so he has not necessarily been ruled out for Sunday, but we don't know yet if he's going to play. But, yes, overall, really, really good news, all things considered. You know, talking to guys like Michael Brockers in the locker room, he said it was really just very good to see him be healthy and be chipper and upbeat after everything that went on um, on Monday. There. I, I love Robert Quinn and, and his family, too. Yeah. I, I really respect the man, but I we need 94 on the field this week you need 94 on the field for the rest of the year yeah um it it just helps out everybody on defense to have him but uh, when you first heard it it scared you when you heard the news that he's okay big sigh of relief yes um but not sure what the heck it was question mark because you go back to you know when he was being drafted by the rams Mm -hmm. and you heard about the the brain tumor and whatnot and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff you're like ah god i hope it's not related to that yes so uh just having him out there is very important but um, he is a defensive end, yeah, and just a defensive end mm-hmm. only because he can't catch. <laughs> he can't catch. I don't care if it was three yards away and that thing came out at 110 miles an hour. It hits you right in the hand. It catch the ball. Right in the hands, I don't care. Didn't it? Catch the ball. Catch the well, ball and run. Oh, yes. Come on, come man. on, man. This no, is, no. See, here's my thing about this too. Like, if you like when um, Fisher talked about Alec Ogletree not making the interception earlier. Yes. That's 
That's Catch extra. The ball. That's extra. Catch the ball. His job is to not get that's, down. That is not a pass breakup. That is a missed opportunity. I know. It's what. That's exactly what Fisher that said on Monday. That is a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity for yes. a big play because if he catches it, he's probably off and running, and maybe you score on defense. Absolutely, it's a takeaway attempt. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to come a down with takeaway attempt. You have to come down with those. Yes. Well, I, that's that's well, as, that's as big as a drop on the other side. I agree, but I I don't think it's as big as a drop on. It the is other as big side. as a drop. It's not because he's not getting paid to catch the okay, football. Okay, let's say. Kenny Brett or Brian Quick or Tavon Austin on third down drops one. That would have been a first down. Yeah. Okay. That's that's your job. That's, you need that's, to catch the football. That's huge. It is huge. Dropping a pick, dropping an interception is the same thing on the other side. Mm. It just wasn't thrown to you. That's all. You get your hands. <laughs> it just wasn't thrown to you. Get you get so your that hands. The no, same it, thing. you weren't the intended target, but you got your hands on it. I expect you to catch it. I, I, and I think that's a. I, it's a sort of fair expectation. But again, at the end of the day, they're not. They're not paid to catch the ball. Yes, they're they paid. are. What? Look, Alec Ogletree was a. He's a blown up safety playing middle backer. Yeah. Uh, they didn't put him so in there you know for what? his thump ability. <laughs> almost four strong safeties on your team. Thank you. It's so funny. They didn't put him in there because he can hit. They put him in there because he's an athlete. Well, they put him in there because he can hit too. You have to he hit can to tackle, be a linebacker. He can hit, yeah. but, uh, but uh, they put him in there because he's a playmaker. Yes. Okay, Part of fine. being a playmaker is to catch the ball. All right. Fine. Or scoop it. You know who else is a playmaker? Ethan Westbrooks. Yes. Thank you. That's not who I was Scoop going to. Scoop and score. <laughs> Anybody else done one this year? Thank you. Johnny Hecker. We got to talk Man. about this punt, though. Wow. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that? No. I've never seen anything not live. like that in my It's life. never happened to me. I've never have, had a punter do that. No, that was amazing. I mean, just the simple fact. Like, that ball went almost 90 yards in the air. With no wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all Hecker power. Like, he kicked that at the seven, and the guy fielded it at the five. I was standing by, like, right, right where the returner was, mm -hmm. and when it left his foot, this guy went, like, he was a baseball player in center field. <laughs> uh, he just goes sprinting backwards. I mean, then I, like, I caught the flight of the football. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this thing. Yeah. I'm, it was amazing. Amazing shot. What a great weapon to have. Yeah. If you're the Rams. Um, that's what I said with Jared Goff this week. If it's not there, you don't have to force it. You can flip field in a heartbeat with this guy. It's a It was a game-changing play. Yes. I mean, there's really no other way to describe it because they got all the way back, net 68 yards, and then your defense does its job. They go three and out. And then you get a 35-yard punt. Farrell Cooper fair catches it on the 48. That's how you go down and you kick your field goal. It just... That to me was the. Uh, it's weird to say it, but that punt was the play of the game. It was. Uh, it op it absolutely was. It took all the air out of the stadium. Yeah. It really did, and it pinned them. It backed them up. I mean, that could have been a. I mean, look what happened when they punted. Yeah. A couple of short punts exactly. and boom, boom, boom. I mean, look, uh, that changed the game for me, and it's been a a week week weekend week out occurrence for for Johnny Hecker. I mean, he's he's either been letter perfect without touchbacks or nailing you outside the numbers. If you do have a return, it's in a position where the punt team has a chance to actually bring you down yeah. with more than one guy. Yeah. So uh, he has been absolutely lights out for this team. I yeah. hope that continues. Uh, you have to hope it yeah. continues. And, and a shout out to uh, Greg Zerline. Oh, yeah, for sure. Your, your only points in the game came off his foot. Mm -hmm. So uh, look, a great day for the special teams. Absolutely. No. So what I want to talk about, though, so this... You, what I said, you didn't read what I wrote. It's because in the in the recap, when Are you I saying was, I can't read? No, oh. I said you didn't. Are you saying I don't read? I'm saying you okay. don't read my writing. Thank you. Okay. So the, I'm not insulting. Anyway, go I'm ahead. Insulting you. I read everything you 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 write. No, I you do. didn't. I didn't read this one though. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I because when I, I said majestic, that was the word I used. You put majestic in there. I did. I I'm said glad it was I a majestic. Re it was a majestic punt. It it cut through the air. I said what did I say? I said it cut through the New Jersey air like a plane landing at Newark. 
professional football, man. You know? I gotta, it's too flowery. I was on the... I know it was really flowery. That's exactly how I described it to somebody. Are you Mickey Spillane? <laughs> I don't know who Mickey Spillane is. No one knows who Mickey Spoin is. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Good. Then I don't care. Anyway. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's sort of turn the page a yeah. little bit and talk about um, the offense. We did see Todd Gurley get going a little bit, and you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, how relevant is what we saw? I on saw Sunday? Benny get going first. Yes. Yes. But Benny. And Benny should have scored. Benny, come on, man. You, you got to put that in. Come Finish on, that Benny. run off. Yeah. 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 Especially when you have a struggling offense. Finish yeah. that thing. Oh off. yeah. Finish that thing. Yeah, off. yeah. But I, I do like it when there's competition, especially at running back. Do you think it's really competition though? Is I mean, like, it should is, be. I, I mean, as I, you, we see um, Benny and Todd in the locker room all the time, and it's not like I, I feel like. If there's a competition there, it's like a friendly competition. Yeah, they're yeah. friends and they do they interact. Competition's they? fine. Rivalries when you have problems. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's when the backup or the other guy is not rooting for the guy that's out there. Yeah. This is a competition. Yeah. Well, this is what you did, so let me try Anything to do better than that. Do, Absolutely. And what what happens when that happens? Well, the team gets better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I like it when Benny rips off long runs because that means you're going to see the best Todd mm -hmm. you're going to see. And I like it when Todd rips off yeah. long runs because when Benny comes in, the same thing is going to happen. So I like competition, especially at tailback. One of the things I did notice about um, this game, watching it on film, is that they started doing the thing where, you know, you hand off the top, but you have Tavon coming around on the end around fake mm -hmm. again. And we saw that a whole bunch last year. I mean, that's the... The, the biggest first run that Todd had at, mm -hmm. um, at Arizona, that 52-yarder, that's exactly what they did. Um, and so I think it was good to see them kind of get back to that, maybe go a little bit further back into your roots and just so that, I don't know, I don't know if it's the fake that is maybe throwing defenses off a little bit and or if it was just on those plays where, all right, the offensive line, all the, the blockers finally get their blocks, they hold their blocks, and the running back is properly going through the right hole or, or what it was. But it was good to see some success happen on those plays. It's obvious that Rob Boris, the Rams OC, is a student of the game and loves it because everybody's playbook is open to him, meaning college too, yeah. because of what you have in Tavon Austin and your running back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a combination of, of three things. Um, first, the play action. The Rams love to throw off play action, so you have to honor that as a defense, yeah. which is going to keep your safeties and corners off you because you have to worry about these tight ends and receivers getting down the field because they will hit you down the field. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to worry about Tavon Austin's speed around the edge, so that's going to freeze every edge rusher or your containment element, your yeah. outside backer defensive end. That's going to freeze them for a beat to make sure this guy doesn't get outside because if he does, he could go. Yes. Uh, and then, in a traditional sense, you have to worry about a big running back like Todd Gurley running the ball between the tackles. So there's three things going on when you have that sort of play. Uh, if you execute it, if your O-line can pick up their blocks, there's going to be a crease somewhere. It just yeah. depends on where you get the ball off to. Yeah. Uh, you can't defend everything. No. You just can't as a defense. So at some point, either Todd by virtue of carrying the football between the tackles or Tavon on the edge faster than your end could recognize it, it's going to work. And if it's all a play fake and you're watching all this stuff, well, he can pull it out and throw it too. Yes. So it's it's all beneficial. And not every team can do it because not every team has those same sort of weapons. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things we, we might even start to see too with Farrow Cooper as well. I mean, the, both of those guys are kind of those running around the edge threats. And by both of those guys, I mean Cooper and Tavon. Um, and if you can have that kind of speed, hey, maybe you do a double fake and then yeah. like fake it to Gurley and then who knows, maybe Kenny Britt's all the way down the field. And you don't necessarily want to base the offense on deception because you still have to have your bread and butter I think you know, you your have inside to. zone. Really? When you're throwing the ball, I think you have to base it on deception. Well, I mean, 
with Case Keenum. I think you have to kind of base it okay, on deception. Maybe Jared Goff, it'll be a little bit different. Like, if you're in New England, you're not going to have this much traffic in front of Brady because you don't need it. Right. You're not going to have this much traffic in front of Ben Roethlisberger because you don't need it. He can stand back there and find the open guy or yeah. throw that okay. guy open. Yeah. So I, I think maybe, depending on how Jared Goff is, you might see a little bit of a change there. Uh, but if not, you'll see a, the same sort of thing to slip somebody open down the field and then take the shot. Right. And I think, well, if you're, you, you have to base the offense around the run game first, mm-hmm. right? And so if the run game is effective and, you know, after Todd Gurley gets 54 yards on 11 carries against the Jets in the second half, you hope that you can carry that over. And that's obviously very, very much going to help Jared um, if, if the run game is that effective. You then think, okay, you can take the play-action shots down the field with your Kenny Britt, with your Brian Quick, maybe even with your tight ends like Tyler Higby and uh, Lance Kendricks. And I think Tyler Higby yeah. might get the increase in targets. You know, that you think? We're finally looking for. Well, every I quarterback mean, has their favorite. I know, and so when it's crunch time, it seemed like did it seem like Case always looked for Tavon in crunch time when he needed a play. Good or bad, it, if it's a big play, he's going for that guy. Or Kenny. I think he looked toward Kenny a little bit more. I think when it's called, go to Kenny. Okay. When you need to move the chains or uh, when it comes off the sideline, yeah. it's going to Kenny. But when Case got into trouble or it's a big situation, Tavon was his guy. So I wonder who's going to be Goff's guy. It could be Higby. It could be Higby. I mean, these two guys were roommates in um, training camp. You know, they went over a lot of things together. I think mm. in the preseason games and in a lot of training camp practices, we saw Goff look to 89 a whole bunch. So yeah. this is the, maybe this is a game where we'll see. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Yeah. You might want to pick up Tyler Higby in fantasy. Did you just say that out loud? <laughs> wow. I know. You just ruined it. Anyway. I uh, know, and I, 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 uh, hate, I hate myself That's for all right. It. Fantasy's a real deal, and we have to all deal with it, but I just can't believe you said it. I know, right? After almost getting in a fight because of somebody I did, I did not saying something about fantasy. I almost get into a fight. If I didn't I, stop you, you would have punched that guy. No. You would have socked him right in the I face. I would not. That's what you told me. There are you people. You whispered it in my there, ear. Nobody would believe that. You were going to stomp on his neck. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. <laughs> okay. Do you think you can play Farrell Cooper and Tavon Austin at the same time? I think if you couldn't, then why did you draft him? You have be- to be able to, right? Because they're almost a similar skill set. They are. And they both function better out of the slot. They do. So apparently. how do you play them at the same time? You go for wide receiver sets. Is that what it is? Okay. I don't know. Or you have uh, twins on one side, and then you line up a, a guy or in on the other and line them closer to the formation. I have no idea. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. They're both punt returners? They are both punt returners. How do you play them at the same time? I mean, that's you can't play two punt returners at the same time. Obviously, I wouldn't. But yeah. that, that's the <laughs> that that's the question. Fun. But at some point, I would bet maybe this week, Farrow Cooper is going to have a lot to say about a victory or about hmm. the offense scoring points. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you you can see this kid's talent. You um, can. You can see, and he's confident. I mean, supremely confident. At some point, mm-hmm. he's going to make a a short gain into a long one. He's going to do it himself. Well, I thought his catch that he made on the sideline, oh, I think it was wow. only a six-yard catch, but it, it it put them in way better position for that eventual field goal that they got, and that was in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Those are the kinds of plays you want to see a little bit more out of Farrow Cooper, and I, who knows? If Tavon Austin, because he also got banged up in uh, that game against New York, well, if Tavon Austin maybe can't go or they have to reduce his snap count a little bit, maybe you do see more of Farrow Cooper, and he makes that impact. I told you I like competition. Yeah. I love competition. Yeah, it only makes good. It makes people better. Yeah. So let's let's just see who who's the best at it. So 
Uh, it all benefits a Jared Goff. So it does. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We will. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about Miami uh, before we bring things to a close. Um, what are some of the things that scare you? About Running the ball. Defense? They're going to yeah, run. They're, yeah. Look, they're going to run the ball in a variety of ways. Yeah. Um, and they're they're pretty good at it. It's not they're really good at it. It's they, not luck. This yeah. this kid getting out. And I'm waiting for you to say his name. Jay Ajayi. Thank you, because I'm mm-hmm. afraid to say it. Ajayi. Ajayi. Thank you. Yeah. This kid can <laughs> run. I mean, he is really, really physical. Um, he doesn't go down on first contact no. a lot. Um, he knows how to deal with that free hitter. Uh, and when he gets out into the open field, I mean, it could be majestic. I mean, he really <laughs> turns those shoulders up and can go. So, um, And they're really good up front at blocking. They are. Um, when you keep the Rams in a box, in a phone booth, um, then you start to see that they're undersized at linebacker. Mm-hmm. When you think of Mark Barron and Alec Ogletree, mm-hmm. they're not guys that thump and come off blocks. They fly to the football. So, But when you can constrict the field and make them fight in a phone booth, it gets a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. Now, they have a good. the Rams have a good answer for that. They know how to combat that. But yeah. every now and then, you'll see guys get rolled out of there. So that does scare me this week with Miami, if they can control the clock, control the game, and kind of play Fisher ball against – against Jeff Fisher. Yeah. That does kind of scare me. Yeah, well, I think one of these things about uh, Ajayi is just the fact that he has been a huge part of the Dolphins now. They've got a four-game winning streak, right? Mm-hmm. So they started the season one and five now. Or excuse me, one and four. They've ripped off four wins in a row. They are now five and four. And, you know, when you've got a guy who gets 204 yards against Pittsburgh, 214 against Buffalo, then 111 against the Jets, like they are really running the ball. Those are all well. good fronts. Those are all very good <laughs> All fronts. good defensive fronts. Yeah, yeah. So this is this, them running the football like this, this is no joke. It's definitely going to be a point of emphasis for the Rams this week, stopping the run. Yeah. And, Tannehill can move. Yeah. Yeah, he can move. Yes. Former receiver, he can run. So uh, there's a lot of problems. Um, go back to week one. I know we don't like to talk about it yeah. against San Francisco, but remember what Blaine Gabbert did to the Rams when you make mistakes up front. Well, yeah. this is a guy that can really make you pay for the same mistakes, and they can run the ball behind it. So uh, this is not going to be easy. No, not at all. And I think one of the things um, that I got to, to see out of Ryan Tannehill last week um, when they're playing the the San Diego Chargers, it's just he really stays in the pocket well or will just withstand a hit. Mm-hmm. And he'll throw a, de- a deliver a deep, accurate ball. He did it on touchdown, I think, to Kenny Stills, and then he also had one where he was rolling out and then delivered a really, really nice pass. So even if the Rams can get after him, and they're going to use a, a short quick passing game because that's Adam Gase. That's exactly mm-hmm. what he does. And that's some of the concepts that the Rams were trying to import with uh, wide receivers coach and then passing game coordinator Mike Rowe. So that's what they're going to try to do. And if you remember that Chicago game last mm-hmm. year where they just used a whole bunch of screenplays, right? And they were using the tight end screen. Like Zach Miller had like oh an 80-yard reception. Reminded me of a nightmare. Yeah. How That's, long was that touchdown pass? It again? was like it was eighty-two yards. Ridiculous! I think. Yeah, it yeah. was on a little screen. So Looked like you running. <laughs> I'm just saying. Go ahead. Well, I just looked like you running down the, the field. Thing. I mean, we got it. We... That was the longest, slowest touchdown run I've ever seen. It, it was. Yeah. It was not good. Yes. And that I mean, that seventy-six game defensive... Fleetwood on the freeway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Parts falling off the thing. <laughs> But that's the thing I'm talking about. You know, when, the, when they can run the ball so well, yeah. they're going to be able to use that short, quick game. That's that's a concern for the Rams' defense. At some point, right, it, it's human nature. When you can pound the ball, if you're having success, somebody in that front seven is going to get caught looking. Yeah. And then they'll slip a guy behind. But yeah. uh, hopefully your front seven, especially your front four, no matter what combination, is doing their job disrupting blocks and making it easy for the guys behind to 
you know differentiate between run and pass. Yeah. Because when they get caught up and somebody gets behind them, it's it's Katie barred the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's impossible Katie to stop. Barred the door. Yeah, high did a little. The ball's up the middle. Yeah. <laughs> the cat jumped over the moon. Yes. <laughs> Majestically. <laughs> There's that word again. It's I don't like know. Yeah. The, the between you the put horns, it out there. The between the horns word right. of the day is majestic. It's majestic. Um, yeah. You brought up earlier the battle of the tackles, though. This yeah. is this is going to be something that's kind of probably going to be cool. Now to you see. know I am geeked for this one. Yeah. I, I I would pay money. I would buy a ticket to see Aaron Donald play. Yeah. I would also buy a ticket to see Indomitian Sue yeah, play. Yeah. And I take everything that comes with it. Stomping on guys, choking people. I don't care. <laughs> what? I love Jeez. watching this guy. I do. I love watching this guy play. <laughs> um, and I hope that Roger and Cody Wickman and Jamon Brown, if he's ready, I mm-hmm. hope you're ready for it. And Tim Barnes. If yeah. You're, oh, if, yeah. You're, if you're available. I hope you're ready for this because this is one strong... SOB in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, and he's very, very good and smart. Uh, he's about as smart as Aaron Donald is, mm-hmm. diagnosing blocks yeah. and knowing where to go. So um, I'd like to see these two in a bench press contest. <laughs> I don't know who I would take, but, I mean, they're both similar. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, Sue has got more of the kind of size that you probably would expect from a defensive tackle. And, you know, obviously we talk about Aaron Donald at length and how he uses his leverage and his strength. And he just, I don't know, he's built like a house. And yeah. we all know that he has such really, really strong capabilities. Um, but one of the factors that may affect things on the offensive line uh, for Miami is that their left tackle, Alpert, is actually actually going to be out he suffered a dislocated wrist against san diego so if robert quinn is healthy man you don't and whether they move tunsil over there whether they have somebody else over there we don't know necessarily know yet but smoke face tunsil oh that guy yeah yeah okay that guy i had to bring he's been up. playing i hope he's guard. listening yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't think he is that'd be listening. really interesting yeah. hi laramie um, but yeah, they, they are probably going to have somebody who has not been playing left tackle, playing left tackle. And whether that's Robert Quinn, whether that's Eugene Sims, heck, even if it's Matt Longacre, right. that's maybe a fun thing. Again, a choice. That's the threat of Robert Quinn, because if you do have a backup, uh, do you let your backup go one-on-one with Quinn, or do you change your offense and give that guy help? Uh, and then do you leave a, the other person alone with Aaron Donald? That's why I, I was glad that I heard, first of all, from a family perspective that Quinn was okay. Yes. But from a football perspective, he has a chance to go on Sunday because he's a game plan changer. Yeah. Especially if you're if you're short on the O-line and one of your best guys is out. Because even if Albert is out there, that's going to be a, a full day for him. It is. To block oh, yeah. Quinn. Now with a backup where you're going to have to assign some help. Yeah. Which is going to change their offense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we saw that a couple weeks ago with uh, the Panthers. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. They've got Mike Rimmers in there. It's not necessarily a fun time for and him. And as soon as they didn't, he was right on top of Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think the same thing happens. Yeah. So we will see. Um, so I think that's all we've got for today here on Between the Horns. Majestic. Unless, Spell it. M-A-J-E-S-T-I-C. Wow. Majestic. Wow. I know I'm not a good speller. I was really nervous for that, actually. <laughs> that was good. Well, you're an autocorrect guy. I love it. Oh, yeah. for sure. How yep. can you write without, you know, the little red lines anymore? I got you. Let's get to 500. Yeah, let's definitely let's do, do that. that. All right. So, Defar, thank you. Corey and Glenn here and here producing the show today. Thank you guys very much. You guys Appreciate were majestic. Absolutely. Both of, <laughs> Both of you. Just so perfect. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Between the Horns. Uh, wherever you may be in football, we will see you next week.